0: Uh, We have a special guest speaker to you. Let me introduce him to you. Um, uh, I was out uh, uh, this past week uh, with a family that was dear to Eleanor and I when we lived in Dallas. Uh, Their father passed, and so uh, I was there doing the the services. It it timed out great because about a year ago, I went to our speaker today, and I said, Hey, have you ever thought about preaching? Uh, He happens to be one of our elders. He came on our elder board uh, in 2016 and has served faithfully in our church long before that. Uh, but I was uh, just coming back from a trip uh, in, uh, in Africa with him a few years ago, and I'd seen him teach uh, the pastors there at the conference that we were uh, sharing in. He did such an amazing job, teaches here for our students all the time. And so I just said, hey, man, have you ever thought about preaching? he's like, oh. And uh, when we think about that and pray about that, uh, a couple weeks later, he said, yeah, man, if, if you're willing to trust me with it, I'll, I'll trust God to help me with it. And uh, the first service was just awesome, you guys. I'm so uh, excited for him to come up and share with you the things that God has put on his heart. He's our elder. He's part of us. He's a liper. Uh, Please welcome him. A warm welcome for our elder, Jerry Greaves. Here he comes. Thank you. Well, good morning.
1: As Mark said, my name is Jerry Greaves, and I am one of the elders here. Um, My wife and I, Kim, my wife and I, Kim, yeah, sounds right we've been married 31 years we have two adult children Emily and Nate and we've attended this church for 20 years as you can see we're a little younger back then in that uh, group picture my wife didn't make that one she was taking the picture I guess Um, in the 17 years uh, out of those 20, I've helped with the middle school and the high school group. And currently, I'm helping with the college and career. We meet at 7 o'clock Thursday night under the lid. Uh, I've gotten a chance to talk with a lot of people about their relationship with, <coughs> relationships with God during that time. And one of my favorite conversations is, is the importance of the word of God in our life. And how the Bible is key to that relationship with God. Guess what I'm going to talk about this morning? (laughs) How we need to have the Bible in our life because it's key to having a good relationship with God. Now some questions that I ask during these conversations. And please feel free to raise your hand in response. Because when I have these conversations it's one on one. And well right now it's a big group. One question I ask is. Do you believe that the Bible is the word of God? Most people give me that same answer. They say, yes, of course. Then I ask a sneaky little question. Do you believe that the Bible is true? And people say, well, yes. Duh, of course. If I believe it's God's word, well, why wouldn't I believe it's true? And that makes sense. That's a good point. Then I ask, have you read most of this book? And it's similar. Less hands. Not as many people respond that way. Now, to me, I think that's a little silly. And I know there are some people here that go, hey, that's silly. You believe in something that you never read. And I know I've talked to a lot of Christ- non Christians that will say, you silly Jesus lovers believe things that you have never read. And that's a fair point. Well, I ask the non Christians, do you believe the Bible is true? And they say, No. And I say, have you read it? No. (laughs) Does that make any sense? Why do we believe something is true if we've never read it, but we also believe something is false and we've never read it? We're just jumping to conclusions all over the place. That's like getting an email from your boss and deciding, I'm not going to read this. I will just rely on one of my coworkers. Now, let's imagine that coworker is me. You better hope I'm not trying to get you fired. Or at the very least, you better hope I'm not incompetent and I know what I'm talking about. Because when something goes wrong and your boss comes to you and says, hey, why didn't you do what I said? Uh, wh- wait, wait, you didn't even read it? Why didn't you read this? Well, I was, uh, you know, relying on Jerry. That's not going to cut it, right? Your boss is not going to be really happy about that. Hey, I know it's still a little early in the morning, but you want to hear a scary Bible verse? Luke six forty six. Jesus is talking to some people and he says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? If you ever have to answer that question personally to Jesus, let me give you a little advice. Do not start off with "Well, Jerry said it is not going to go well. It's just not. Now, we have an enemy, according to the Bible, and he does not care if we say that we believe it's true. He just does not want us to act like it's true by reading it, knowing it, and obeying it. Long ago, there were two people in the garden, Adam and Eve, God made this wonderful garden for them and said, look, you can do whatever you want. Here's one rule. Just don't eat the fruit off of this tree. By the way, I'll also be wandering through this garden and we can take walks together and uh, enjoy each other's company from time to time. Enjoy. Later, we don't know how much longer, but the devil came up to them and said, did God really say... Now, that's not a terrible question in and of itself. Did God really say? Had Adam and Eve decided, you know, this guy may be onto something. Let's think about this. Let's huddle up here. What did God mean when he said that? And have a little study together. And then even while they're talking amongst themselves, I, said, I got a better idea. The Lord himself will be walking through here sometime. We can go and ask him. Get some clarification from the original source. But they didn't do that. They said, "Ah." We don't need to ask him. We just rely on our own wisdom. Well, the devil separated Adam and Eve from the word of God, and he separated them from a relationship with God, and out of the garden and into the wilderness they had to go. Now, many years later, there was an individual in the wilderness by the name of Jesus. Perhaps you've heard of him. He had the devil come at him with his, the devil's nonsense. And Jesus, every time, held tight to the word of God, quoted it from memory, and that was it. The devil could do nothing other than leave. Bye-bye, devil. You can't go. You can't separate Jesus from the word and from his relationship with God. Now today, the average believer that I've met does not know... What is in this book? That's a problem. Because we have the devil coming at us every day, nonstop, with distractions and lies. Have you seen the news? Have you seen our culture? Our culture is sick. Our culture is dying. Why? Because we are falling for the devil's lies every day. Okay? So what what do we do about that? How do we have this great relationship? How can I have one? On the day before Jesus was crucified, the night before he was crucified, he just finished having dinner with the disciples. And so he was talking to them about the things that were important on his heart because he didn't have much time left. And you know what he chose to talk about? Relationships. He talked about his relationship with God, our future relationship with the Holy Spirit, Jesus' relationship with the disciples, the disciples' relationship with each other, and the believers' relationship with unbelievers. And in the center of all of that, he talked about the key, what I think is a definition, of having a great relationship with God. And that is found in John fifteen seven. Jesus said, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it shall be done for you. That sounds like a really good offer from the creator of the universe. Now, when I was younger, let me tell you how I read this. Something, 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 ask whatever you wish, and it shall be done for you. Yeah, (laughs) With an attitude like that, it's pretty clear I really didn't care about a relationship with God. I only cared about me. What's in it for me? So let's look at this verse and see, well, what is in it for me? The first word is if. What does that mean? That means that we have a choice. It's voluntary. It's up to you. We have to decide, will I do this or not? Well, what's in it for me? Is there something here of value? Jesus knows us. He knows exactly who we are and how we think. And that's where he meets us. The next word is you. He was talking to his disciples. So if you count yourself as a disciple of Jesus Christ, he's talking to you. Abide. Now there's a word we use every day, right? Or maybe not. What does that mean? It means dwell live, hang out relationship in me. Where? In Jesus. So it, Jesus says, if you abide in him. Okay? Sounds great. But what does that look like? Think of a marriage, friendship, a parent-child relationship. The people that we hang out with influence us. How do they influence us? We start picking up their mannerisms we pick up their attitudes we pick up their outlook on life i've picked up mannerisms from uh, people that i work with there's a guy that i work with that he would like to he always wanted to say thank you like elvis presley because he thought it was funny well you know what i thought it was kind of funny too so you know it started popping out of my mouth every now and then thank you very much Huh? yeah all right, so you're saying, okay, you got me. I'm interested in picking up some mannerisms of Jesus. How do I do that? You have a time machine. Can't really hang out with them too well. Fair point. Well, Jesus, when he was talking to his disciples, remember, what's happening the next day? He's getting crucified. He doesn't have much time left. And so what he's talking to them is he's transitioning them from eyeball to eyeball relationship like you and I have to an eyeball Word relationship. You and I can have the same kind of relationship with Jesus that the early disciples did. We can enjoy the same kind. Eyeball to word. That's how we can abide. Now, the next part will say, um, and if, and if. So, uh, if you, and if my words abide in you. So, if is the second choice here, and. But it's really a better way of saying the second part of the first choice. Because we, again, have to make this decision that his words, Jesus' words, will abide in us, live in us. Well, what does that look like? How do his words hang out? dwell in me there's an illustration that I learned when I was in college I met some guys that really liked to meditate on the word and memorize it so we raised our hands earlier raise your hand now and look at it this clever little illustration is called the hand illustration clever name right The pinky represents hearing So if you hear something and it's a great message, like today, then you're only going to remember it for a little while because that's just the way we are. But if you hear a great message on John 15, 7, and you say, you know, I'm going to read about it also. You've increased your level of retention, but it's still pretty low. If you study something, you say, well, I heard this great message, and then I read it, now I'm going to do a little thinking on my own and see, hey, does this make sense? Or if you go to a small group Bible study, and you prepare ahead of time, because, you, you know, you had questions, there's an assignment, here's a lesson we're going to do. And you spent some time thinking about it. You show up, you have a great conversation because you had time to think about it. Well, your mind is now more involved. You're going to have pretty good retention. But it still fades away. If you want 100% retention, you have to add memorization to those other ones. And I know what you're all thinking oh no memorization that's hard it is it takes some effort it does take effort I'm not gonna lie one thing I do that makes it more fun is I like to play around with the tone of the verse yeah what is the tone of this verse so Luke 6:46 that we talked about already do you think it sounded like this Jesus came out and said hey, guys, why do you call me Lord, Lord, but you don't do anything I say? Or do you think it sounded more like, hey, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you don't do a dang thing I say? I kind of go with that one. But feel free to play around with it yourself today and see how you think it sounds. Well, these four. Hearing, reading, studying, memorizing, these are considered academic. Yes, I know this. Uh, I'm very smart because I know all this. Good. But if you really want to abide, you have to add the thumb. What's the thumb? It's meditate. Meditate. This is where you start living the verse because you start thinking about it. Now, the world teaches that meditation is you empty your mind, let everything go, meditate maybe on, think about the word, um, or is it, uh, I I get them confused. But the Bible says, no, you're supposed to fill your mind and think about this stuff and ask questions, questions like, what is the tone of this verse? What does God teach from this verse? Is there an action that I need to obey? Is there a sin I need to stop? And most importantly, is what does God want me to be doing from this verse? He is our boss, He is our Lord, right? Now, meditation is not just a good rule of thumb. (laughs) All right, I'll try later. Get rid of that one. Uh, It's a command. Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Hmm. Yeah, if you hold on to this, meditate on it, you do all four of those things, right? The hearing, the reading, (laughs) the studying, the memorization, and the meditation, you got a great grip on this. Now, to help us visualize this a little bit better, I have spared no expense to bring in a special guest. I am inviting the devil to the stage to help me demonstrate this. That is, the devil as portrayed by my wife, Kim Greaves. Now let's be clear. At no time did I call my wife the devil. I said he's portrayed by my wife, okay, yeah. Right, okay, all right. Now, so if I only hear the Bible, well, oh, I'm easy pickings. Further proof that this is my wife and not the devil, the devil will never give you the Bible back, okay? So if I hear and read, okay, I'm doing better, but again, easy pickings. But now, if I hear and read and I add study to that, look at that, Uh, uh, but I'm still easy pickings. But if I add memorization to this, I memorize this first, now look at me, I'm, I'm fantastic and I'm awesome. Oh, well, I'm not awesome. All right, now. If I add meditation to this, now what happens when the devil tries to get it? Pow, right? <laughs> Bye-bye, devil. Just like Jesus, I have a tight grip of this. Yes, let's thank you for Cam Greaves, also known as definitely not the devil. Yes. So just like Jesus, we have a tight grip on this, Right? And we can stay away from the Bible or stay away from the devil. So knowing but living, this is how we abide. This is the only way. If you know of a better way than all of this memorization and meditation and living the Bible out so that I can have a great relationship with God, please tell me afterwards because I would love to have it, right? But I don't think there will be any other way. There's nothing else in Scripture that says that. This is what we have to do if we're serious about having a relationship with God. Now, Luke 6.46, I keep going back to that. It's a great verse. Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? How, answer me this, Batman, how can I know what I'm supposed to do? Right? Right? If I do not know what this book says, I can't. Now, a lot of people or some people or maybe one person here (laughs) will think that I'm a nice guy or I'm a good guy. And therefore, it is easy for me to memorize and meditate this because I'm a nice guy. Let me assure you, I am not a nice guy or good guy. And so it's easy for me to memorize and meditate. If I am a good guy or a nice guy, it is only because I memorize and meditate on this word. That's what changes me and keeps me from acting like a dork. Um, So let us look at the third part of this book. Verse. (laughs) We're going to look at the whole book. Uh, ask whatever you wish, and it shall be done for you. If we are abiding in God's word, and Jesus is abiding in us, it's going to change us. Right? We're going to be different. Romans twelve two says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When we hang out with Jesus and start picking up his mannerisms, we will become like him. When we're hanging out in his word, meditating on it, we become like him. Our whole perspective will change. Our our values will become, instead of, well, hey, what's in it for me? How can I help other people? What does God want me to do? So let's look at this Verse. Let me give you an example of how it might play out in real life. I think we all start out wanting what I want, right? But that's pretty childish. I mean, is that not what children say? Well, as a child in an eighth grade middle school in Illinois, I asked to go to Europe. My 8th grade German class had an assignment. We were to write to any campground or resort in the German-speaking world and get information on these places. And then at the end of 8th grade graduation, the German teacher would take the class to Germany. Now, by the class, I mean those that had the money got to go. My family did not have the money, and I knew it. So, But I did know this verse, John 15, 7, or parts of it. So I prayed, dear Lord, something, something, something. Ask whatever you wish, and it shall be yours, right? I misquoted it and everything, because I didn't know anything. And I asked God, hey, can I go to Europe? It would be great. So as eighth grade graduation approached, Do you know what happened? My parents came to me and said, we have some fantastic news for you. I was like, yes, tell me about it. They said, we are moving to Florida. (laughs) So we moved to Florida, and I never thought of Germany again. (laughs) I know what some of you are thinking. Nice story, great. Don't think it makes any point. (laughs) I know, I'm not done yet. Relax. But I want you to just hold on to that part of the story. So we moved to Florida. And I went to high school. Then I went to college. And while I was at college, I met these guys and said, hey, you ever seen the hand illustration? It's really fantastic. Uh, You should memorize and meditate on God's word. It'll help you. So I did. It did. It was great. It really helped me out. After college... Had the opportunity to go on a mission trip behind the Iron Curtain to Bulgaria. Now, some of you may not know well, what's the Iron Curtain? What does that mean? Iron Curtain. Full blown communism, Soviet style, no God. Unfortunately, the state had done a fantastic job of separating the people from God's Word and separating the people from a relationship with God. I wanted to go and help reconnect the people. To God's word. This time, because I had been meditating on the word, and I knew John 15, 7 better this time, much better. I said, God, I want to go on this trip, but I would really like to see you do a miracle, a real miracle, whatever that might be, but I'd like to see something where I know it had to be you that did it. Let me tell you about the people of Bulgaria. They suffered under communism. They suffered bad. The average Bulgarian only had three or four sets of clothes because clothing was expensive. But they were very clean people, so they washed their clothes, made sure they were clean. But you know what happens when you wash your clothes all the time? They get kind of faded, right? Not very colorful. And also, cars were, whew, that was a luxury only a few could ever even think about it trying to attain. So they walked everywhere. So here I was with my friend Jim in the capital, Sofia, capital of Bulgaria, walking around with millions of people all walking around in their drab clothes. And as Jim and I were walking the streets, because Jim had been on this trip one year earlier, and he said... Man, you know, when I was here, I met this guy named Stanislav. But I only got to share half the gospel with him. I said, well, what's half the gospel? He goes, I got to tell him, hey, you're a sinner. And you're separated from God. And then we got interrupted. And then we got to see him again. I don't know where he lives. We don't have cell phones yet. So I don't have his phone number. I don't even know if he lives in Sofia. And I've been feeling really bad that I never got to share the full gospel with him. I said, yeah, wow, that stinks. You're terrible. He's like, yeah, thanks. So he said, well, so okay, Jim, what are we going to do about it? He says, well, let's pray. So I said, all right. So as we're walking the streets, he says, dear God, help us find Stanislav. And as soon as he said that, now he didn't stop. He just kept talking and kept praying. But as soon as he said that, I saw a little blue dot in the far distance. And so as we're walking and Jim's praying and I'm listening and I'm just watching this blue dot, I'm like, you know, I think this dot might be orange. Oh, it's blue, oh, it's orange. And as it gets a little bigger, I'm thinking, I-, I think there may be some green in this dot. And Then it occurred to me, it's a University of Florida t-shirt in Bulgaria. Now, I went to college at University of South Florida. Woo! But Jim and my wife went to the University of Florida. Well, anyway, I thought, you know, Jim would probably think it's kind of cool to see a UF shirt here in Bulgaria. So as Jim's talking, praying, praying, I said, Jim, I know it's very important what you're saying, and I'm interrupting for something stupid, but look. Some guy is wearing a University of Florida T-shirt in the middle of Bulgaria. And when he saw what I was pointing at, he said, it's Stanislav. The next thing I knew, I was trying to keep up with Jim as we navigated the uh, people to get to Stanislav. And after we got to talk to Stanislav a little bit, I said, "Um, Stanislav, I know you guys are catching up and everything, but I'm a little curious where did you get this uh, University of Florida t-shirt here in Bulgaria? Jim said, oh, I gave it to him last year as a gift. I said, oh, I said, this thing looks brand new. Uh, I know you guys don't have a lot of clothes. I mean, how often do you wear this thing? And Stanislav said, oh, I only wear this on very special occasions. I've only worn this thing two or three times in the past year. I said, wow. I said, well, what is the special occasion? He goes, I don't know. I woke up this morning and I had a thought that said, hey, wear your UF shirt. So I wore my UF shirt. So he wore his UF shirt. I saw him and pointed out to Jim and Jim shared the gospel with him. What are the odds of that? Now, I saw a lot of other amazing things happen on that trip, but I'll only share one other with you. So on this trip, the older guy said, hey, when you're done with all your mission responsibilities, if you've got time and you don't have to quite go back to to America, hang out for a few days and go see something in Europe. You're already here. So that sounded like a good idea. So after everything was done, we did everything that we were there, all our commitments, there was three of us left. Two of us, my friend Benny and I, had never been to anywhere in Europe before. Our other friend, Mark, not Saunders, had said, well, I've been here a bunch of times. Where do you guys want to go? And we were just like, you tell us. We know nothing. He said, all right, I know a great place in Switzerland. It's fantastic. You'll love it. We went there. We loved it. Right in the middle of the Alps, beautiful campground. And so I was making a lot of dumb jokes on that trip with those two guys. And I told them, I said, this place really seems familiar to me. And they are like, yeah, sure. And so we got home, back to Florida. And I thought, you know, it really kind of bothers me that this place seems so familiar. And so... I thought to myself, well, let me go look at some old papers. So I went fishing around an old box of papers I had. And I pulled out a brochure. And I thought, I just camped at the pl- Now, you may not know this, but a lot of places in Switzerland, the primary language is German. I just camped at the place that I had written to in eighth grade. God had let me go and stay at that place. What are the odds of that? I'll tell you, real small. Now, I learned a lot of lessons from that trip. But two that stand out to me is, one, God really wants people to hear the good news of Jesus Christ so that they can begin a relationship with him, just like Stanislav. And the other is is that God really wants you and I, who have decided to have a relationship with him, to abide in his word so that we can have the relationship that he intended. Now, the most amazing part of these stories to me is not the fact that against all odds, I saw Stanislav on the streets of Sofia, It's amazing, but that's not the most amazing thing. And another thing that I don't think is the most amazing is that I camped at the same place that I'd written to nine years earlier. What odds? Yeah, no odds, but I still don't think that's the most amazing thing. The two things that I think are the most amazing thing is one, the changes that God had brought about in me because I had been meditating on his word for years now. What is that from? John 15, 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. And the second thing that I thought was the most amazing is that God hears our prayers and interacts with us. Right? What is that? Ask whatever you wish, and it shall be done for you. If we are meditating on this and living it, God is going to interact with us. He's going to talk with us. We need to not be like Adam and Eve and just get separated from this. We need to be like Jesus. Hang tough. So that we can tell the devil, bye-bye. We want to keep our relationship with God. If you know the value of God's word, the value of meditating on it and memorizing, then keep doing it and ask God, well, what should I have now to memorize? If memorizing and meditating is new to you, then I would say John 15, 7, right? Please start looking at that. Memorize it, meditate on it, and then ask God, what would you like me to do? How can I be part of what you're doing, God? But if all of this is too much, then wherever you are on this hand, we're all on at least on the hearing part, because here we are today, right? Add another finger. Start reading it. If you're reading, start studying. If you're studying, start memorizing, all with the goal to be meditating so that this cannot be ripped out of your hand. So let's go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you said if we abide in you and you abide in us, ask whatever we wish and it shall be done for you. Lord, we want you to help us meditate on your word and to memorize it so that we can have the relationship with you that you fully intended us to have. We thank you for all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have any questions or comments, I'll be over in the corner. Thank you very much for your time. Have a great week.